All right. Well, then, let's rock and roll, sir. All right. Beautiful. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Crawl Below. We have a new album called Nine Mile Square, which was released on February 12th, and right now I'm being joined by Charlie Sad Eyes himself to share some more information about this project and what he's got going on. So, Charlie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. I dig the stuff. I was just listening to it, and I think what gets me, aside from as a guitar player, the guitar tone, unless it's the bass or just a combination of those things. Um, there's a lot of really cool chords in there that derive a lot of emotion. And I'm just, I don't know, maybe musically take us through this record. Is there, is it, it doesn't sound like jazz chords, although it does sound kind of like suspended chords or add nine chords or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I know what suspended or add nine co- chords are, but, uh, I, it's just basically cowboy chords for the most part. I wanted to stay away from the typical power chord thing, and I've played uh, I've played in a um, traditional Irish band in the past, and you know that's all full chords and open chords and stuff like that, and that just kind of translated and it sounded good to me. And then uh, over top of those, I did a lot of like uh, melody lines, but I I kind of tried to stay away from single note melodies. It was more like chords on top of chords mm-hmm. so that's probably how that's coming across okay yeah the culmination is is beautiful um yeah and it almost the funny thing is it uh probably like more of like a doom type influence but it, it sounds like something's broken did you actually play through anything that was broken like a lot of doom guys do uh no not not specifically um you know I, it, my recording process is pretty lo-fi you would say, but uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't like intentionally go out and try to get like a like a fractured sound, you know. Yeah, cool. Now, the write up I have about this record is that it, where is it? Based on the history and legends of Norwich, Connecticut. Did I say that right, Norwich? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Now, I personally, I've been close to the area, but I've never been there. So, tell me about. Norwich and what inspired you to write this record about Norwich? Sure. Well, I think the common conception of Connecticut is that it's basically like outer New York City, very rich, you know, Long Island Sound mansions and stuff. Uh, Norwich is on the eastern side of the state. So we're, you know, much closer to the Rhode Island border than the New York side. And it's a lot more woodsy out here. It's a lot more post industrial. I think you would say all the mills that, you know, sprung up in the early 1900s are you know, kind of gone now. And, and, uh, so it's, it's a more, I guess you would say depressed side of the state, but I live here and I kind of prefer that the, the hustle and the craziness of the New York end of the state is not my speed. And uh, I really sort of like the, um, the atmosphere out here. And it's, it's a very historic area. All the songs are about different historical happenings, you know, from the last 300 years, uh, of, uh, of this area of the state. And there's just a lot of good material. And I, you know, I want, I kind of wanted to do a concept album that wasn't about the typical, you know, doom or even like metal, metal stereotypes. You know, I wanted to do something a little more historical and I thought there was a lot of good, good, uh, ideas to come from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an interesting concept because from, as somebody who's not from that area, and I even lived in the States for a number of years, and just, I was in Arizona, I was in California, I was in a lot of these places that are obviously very far removed from Connecticut, and the idea is that 
it's this place where rich people go to vacation or rich people go to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not all like that. It's uh, the, the majority of Connecticut. If, if you were to drive around, you'd be like, Oh, this is not, this is not mansions and uh, outer, you know, Greenwich and uh, you know, guys who work in Manhattan and stuff. It's, it's really not like that. Um, and the, and the better part of it is, is that I think I, you know, when I when I travel in those rich areas, I'm like I don't belong here. I'm going to get arrested just for the way I look. So <laughs> I kind of like the quieter eastern side, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Feeling a little bit more at home in that in that nine mile square. Is that why it's called <clears throat> nine mile square? Yeah the uh, the city of Norwich uh, 200 years ago the nickname was nine mile square. Okay, that's where it came from. Okay, very cool. Now six tracks. Keeping it, keeping it straight, keeping it simple. You mentioned there's a, a story for each one. Uh, take us through some of the stories on this one, or if you want, Kingdom of the Ruined has a video. So, yeah, what is Kingdom of the Ruined? So there's uh, here in Norwich, there is a uh, a closed down mental hospital uh, called the Norwich State Hospital, and it was this massive campus. It almost looks more like a college than a than a mental hospital. Um, there are many many acres. Uh, beautiful architecture in the buildings. And at one point, it housed up to 3,000 uh, patients. Um, it had a relatively dark history. You know, they, they conducted a lot of uh, experimental surgeries and, and things there. Um, but eventually, in the 90s, it was defunded. And so all the patients were either reclaimed by their families or they just walked away. And uh, then the whole thing fell into disrepair. So for the video, my friend Bill went in there. It's, you can't go in there legally, but he has his uh, his in roots and went in there and filmed it. And it's it's just falling apart now. And eventually it's it's just going to turn into casino property or mm-hmm. something. But, uh, you know, it, it's a big part of the history here in uh, in the city. And the, the anyone who's interested, the ghost hunters went in there and they did a thing uh, eight, ten years ago on the, on the Norwich State Hospital. And that, from what I remember, they didn't find anything, but it's, it's a very... Uh, very interesting and cool looking spot for sure. <laughs> the cynical, I don't know if it's cynical or sarcastic or ironic, but uh, you're kidding. They didn't find anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't remember the episode, but I'm sure there was all like, whoa, what was that? And then they turned the camera and then there's nothing there. You know? I think that's every episode, but. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's the chance, Charlie. It's the chance yeah. they might find something. And it's, it was a really cool spot. I mean, just to go in there and walk around and film it while it was still – a lot of it's been taken down now, but it was just a, an amazing-looking spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, to just defund something and just let it rot. I mean, look at I'm looking at some pictures, and it looks like some of the equipment is actually still there. Lobotomy tables, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Wow. For sure. I mean, I wish they had been able to rehab it and turn it into something better. Like the Danvers State Hospital in Massachusetts – uh, that's condos now, so they were able to do something with it, but they just let Norwich rot pretty much. Huh. Okay, then. Now, one of the other tracks was Tarnished the Name. Take us through this track. What is this track, Charlie? So up there in Canada, do you guys know who Benedict Arnold is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was born here in the city, and he's probably the most infamous traitor from the American uh, English Revolutionary War. And his name is forever attached to the city. And uh, I think that's unfortunate because, you know, we would rather, you know, talk about the good things that, that come from here. But uh, 
you know, and there are people here in the city that actually kind of defend him. And there's a whole walking trail, Benedict Arnold, his house is marked and all these things. But I am on the opposite side of that. I sort of wish that he would be forgotten, at least as attached to the city. Mm-hmm. So that's what that song is. And really, I mean, anyone who listens to the album is is not going to take away anger from the album. It's it's not at all what it communicates. But if there is an angry song, it's that one because of Benedict Arnold and the and the terrible things he did in the in the 1700s. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, why do you think people are attached to him just to claim some kind of I don't know, we are important too in some way? I guess. I mean, you know, I'm not the most educated guy, so maybe there are academic reasons for supporting him, but um, maybe we just don't have any better exports than that. And uh, <laughs> maybe that's just what people cling to. And then, uh, you know, but I, just, I think it's sad to celebrate a traitor in that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a few things come to mind as of as of recent as well, as far as traders are going concerned. But um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll stick. I'll stick with a trader from the 1700s over one happening now that's going to eclipse that. Let's uh, let's just move past it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sweet. Okay. Um, well, that's definitely a, a, a wealth a wealthy area in terms of uh, a history. You mentioned 300 years. So. Um, Wow. What's it like growing up in an area that has 300 years worth of history? Well, I'd say it's probably probably more than that. Uh, it started in the 1600s. Uh, it was founded in the 1600s. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely cool. I mean, you mentioned Arizona and other parts of the, the country, and, and I've been there too. But, you know, when you go to California or, um, or Arizona, it's just, you know, when they talk about their oldest buildings being from the 1940s and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just just – all the legends and the folklore that happens here and the houses, you know, just to walk around almost any New England town, you're going to find really nice historical preserved homes. Um, and, and just, I just think that's cool. I mean, it, and they're, they're not even ones that are like in books or whatever. They're, they're just on every corner and you find them and stuff. So I just, I just really love the history here. I like, uh, I like just being around it and eventually maybe even being part of it, but that's, uh, it's just a cool section of, of the country with all the, the historical uh, buildings and legends that we have. Yeah. I mean, I remember because <clears throat> that was my perspective of the states for the most part was kind of the southwest and a few other blips here and there, uh, Chicago and whatnot. But I remember when I went out to New England, I was like, whoa, this is where they put America. Like It's like the rest yeah. of it feels so completely different and disconnected compared to uh, – you know, New England. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I, I think the differentiation is great. If you go to Arizona, it's an entirely different landscape, and and you know, it just looks it looks alien to what we are here in New England. So, I just think that's cool, and I think that's why I wanted to you know write about it. Yeah, very cool. And the funny thing, the same thing happens <clears throat> here in Canada as well because we've got everything that started out in the east, and so we've got all this rich history over there, and then this expansion into the west didn't start happening until like 150 years ago. Right. And so as far as white people are concerned, anyway, there's really no history here. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of funny going through the history stuff. It's like, all right, well, this railroad was built in 1850 and cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, you go to you go to England or Ireland and they're like, oh, your buildings are only 400 years old. You know, 
we have a bar that started in 900 AD, (laughs) you know, so it's it's levels and layers, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just just so much, so much cool history here. Very cool. Now with this record, did you record this throughout all the chaos of 2020? Yeah. So I, I wrote it a long time ago. I wrote it eight or nine years ago, but I just, I re-recorded it. Like when I originally recorded it, it was more like death metal, black metal vocals. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, so recently, this last year, I was like, you know, it's super melodic music. I decided to do the melodic vocals for it. But yeah, it was recorded in April or May uh, of 2020. Okay. So you had everything done. And then what was just like listening to it? You felt the vocals needed to be changed? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 43 now. I'm sort of like over the screaming stuff in a lot of ways. Uh, I'll do it if, if it if the part fits, but it's not really how I feel anymore. And, um, you know, I just felt that, that probably melodic vocals fit, fit the music better. Okay, cool. Now, traditionally, you'd be releasing this record, you'd be going out and playing shows. Is that kind of a reality at all where you're at? <clears throat> yep. Uh, no, it's not. But it, the, the thing with Crawl Below, I'm in actual bands with people and stuff. But the idea behind Crawl Below is, is more just like a solo thing that never really plays live. Okay. Simply because I I just don't know if I could find the musicians that would be interested in doing it, or if there'd be even interested in people seeing it. So it's sort of just my solo project stuff. Um, You know, if it happens, it happens, but it's not really a goal. Okay. Very cool. Well, all the more better to do it in 2020. You know. Mm Hmm. This is very true. Well, then I guess that brings an interesting question: Was this album going to happen anyway, or did 2020 help with this? Yeah, it, it helped because I all the practices and all the writing from from my actual band slowed way down, and it allowed me to to get back into this. And I'm kind of going through my old old catalog and doing that with a couple other albums too. This was just the uh, the first one okay. to get the the new treatment. Yeah, kind of an interesting question, maybe a silly question. Who knows? Uh, is this stuff that isn't working in the other bands? It's just not on. Uh, brand or platform for the other bands and you're keeping it and going, well, this could work for crawl below or is this like just entirely new stuff? Uh, yeah, it, it really is kind of that. Like the, the first crawl below, all the crawl below albums are different uh, genre wise. So the first one was black metal. I have like no friends that like black metal. <laughs> you know, I have like one or two uh, and then nobody, you know, nobody really wants to like right now, right now uh, in, in this, this part of the state, like doom is the thing, you know? Yeah. People like Doom, so there's a lot of traditional and stoner Doom and all that stuff, and nobody's got time for black metal. So I was just like, I'll just do it on my own, and and so it just sort of you know followed from there. And um, like I said, if people are are if there's a call for it, I don't have a problem playing crawl below stuff out. Right. But uh, you know, given given the reaction I get to my actual bands, I don't see people being particularly interested or excited about it. You know. <laughs> well, it's funny as. Uh... As a media outlet, whenever I receive promo materials and it has, you know, one man black metal band, like, do you really have to put one man in there? Like, we all know that. It's- <laughs> you can just tell. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell it was done in a basement and or bedroom. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. Which I, I like that, though. I like that sound, you know? Yeah. Did you do something similar or did you go to a studio? No, I, I am not good enough of a musician to go to a studio. I would just waste too much time screwing up and stuff so i i recorded on my own and i uh sent it out for mixing and and mastering and stuff okay cool yeah Much I mean, more it, yeah the thing is they obviously did a really good job or you did a good job everybody did a good job because you could have fooled you. me you could have said yeah i went to the studio down the street or whatever and i would have believed you 
Oh yeah, thank you. The guy that I use uh, is uh, Dave Kaminsky. It's, he's in an up and coming studio called Wormwood uh, Studio. Wormwood. He's worked with. He specializes in metal. He worked at Mora Sound in Florida, uh, mm. the death metal capital. Yep. He he has a really good uh, resume. He's even worked with the Monkees. Like he recorded the Monkees and stuff. Uh, but he's a, he's a real professional on that. He's just my guy. He's the guy that I go to. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's it's funny. Like at the end of the day, it's music. And if it's good music, even better. And it's work. So you'd be surprised what some of these guys have done. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there was a, a metal producer I was chatting with the other day who was actually working on some Justin Bieber stuff. And he was really excited about that. But we're talking like he, the last day he did technical death metal. And then all of a sudden today, yeah, he's working with Justin Bieber and he's super excited. And I'm like, that's awesome. And it to people who don't know, it sounds kind of funny, but, you know. You gotta, gotta get what you can get. Yeah, my guy Dave says that. I mean, he's a he's a death metal, black metal guy, and he loves when hip hop artists come in because it's just such a change of pace and gets his brain thinking in different ways. And I, and then it comes back and it helps him with the death metal too because he just has different perspectives and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be varied, you know. Oh yeah, boom, sweet. Is there anything that I missed, Charlie, that you wanted to to chat about? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, the album's doing pretty well. Uh, the physical copy sold out, but we're getting really good reviews and stuff. So I'm, I'm appreciative to everyone who, who checked it out. I know it's not like typical straight down the line um, metal, and it's not aggressive, and it's not angry and stuff. Is you know, even metalheads need feelings and have feelings and stuff. So you know, <laughs> it's kind of the idea for uh, for doing that. Maybe this is the album that people listen to and don't tell their friends about, <laughs> you know, while they're. <laughs> While they listen to Cannibal Corpse or everything else, but that was kind of the uh, kind of the idea. Okay, like I got that. <clears throat> I got the emotional vibe. I definitely got uh, something haunted, something sad uh, out of it. Uh, if that's what you were going for, then great. If you weren't, I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was that was definitely it. I'm I'm glad I landed on the mark. <laughs> <laughs> now you said the physical copies are sold out. So two questions there. Number one, uh, were you expecting that? Like, how does that feel? And the next question is, are there more copies coming? Yeah, no, I definitely did not expect it. Um, I'm, you know, as a local musician guy, I'm, I'm used to like buying too many and then they're sitting in the basement, T-shirts, CDs, all that stuff. And they just, you know, languish in the basement for the rest of the time. So the fact that this sold out was really cool. And uh, I, I probably will print more, but they're going to be different so that, you know, the first batch is kind of differentiated. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm going to keep it small batch be realistic about it, you know, and, uh, and maybe keep it a little bit, um, exclusive. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So. Sweet. All right. Well, Charlie, I believe we covered everything. We chatted about the record Norwich. We chatted about <clears throat> Benedict Arnold. We chatted about, uh, what else we chatted about? Chat about Arizona. Why not? Um, yeah. Kingdom of the Ruined. We chatted about that uh, psychiatric hospital and all the stuff they got going on there. Tarnish the name. What else we chatted? Well, actually, just, I already mentioned that one. Um, sweet. Recording the record. You recorded it yourself. You set it off for mixing and mastering with a guy who cut his teeth at one of the best death metal studios in the world. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Good stuff. So unless there's anything else, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. I, I guess the the only other thing I mentioned is I have a uh, CD coming out in April. It's a uh, grindcore album with my daughter. Uh, she's singing, and she was two when she did the vocals. 
So we're trying to hit that, you know, preschool niche grindcore thing yeah. going on. That's called Animal School Bus, if anyone is interested. <laughs> and the next uh, crawl below is already finished and recorded and getting ready to go to mixing. So, uh, you know, I got got more stuff coming down the line. Cool. And I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I'll hear about that record, both of these records. Yeah, I hope so. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you then so much, Charlie. All right. Thank you.